Coming up on today's show, we're going to check out ESPN's first NFL mock draft. They actually projected where each team will finish in the standings. So we'll check out that and see who they had Terry Fontenot selecting. And then we're going to talk about Kyle Pitts' future in Atlanta because it's not as simple as you might think it is, and I'll explain why. But really quickly, I was looking at some of the YouTube analytics, and back in Week 13 when Atlanta won in New York against the Jets, we picked up 1,019 likes. However, in Week 14, when the Falcons lost against the Buccaneers, that week, just 848 likes. So I'm not saying if you like the video, the Falcons are going to win, guaranteed. YouTube's saying that. So why chance it? Hit that thumbs up button. Welcome on in to Falcons Today by Chat Sports. Matthew Peterson here diving into our first story, which is ESPN's Matt Miller's first NFL mock draft for 2024. Now, like I said, this is not based on the current standings. ESPN came out with their own calculator, which projected the standings at the end of the season. So it's not exactly where every team currently is in the standings. So with that being said, let's jump into ESPN's first 2024 NFL mock draft. We'll kind of race through the beginning a little bit until we get to Atlanta. Caleb Williams to the Bears at number one via Carolina. Drake May goes right afterwards to New England. Marvin Harrison to the Cardinals. He's going to be the next Larry Fitzgerald there. Uh, Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner, goes to New York to replace uh, Daniel Jones. And then we got Olu, the best tackle in this draft, landing in D.C. Dallas Turner, the edge rusher out of Bama to Tennessee. J.J. McCarthy jumps into the top ten. I don't know if he's even going to go round number one. But he goes to the Raiders. Malik Neighbors goes to the Bears at number eight. Good two picks for Chicago. Joe Alt goes to the Jets at number nine. And then we get closer to Atlanta, who right now ESPN projects to have the 11th pick right after Brock Bowers and the Chargers at 10. And the Falcons select select Terrion Arnold, cornerback out of Alabama. So we'll get to know Terrion Arnold more in just a moment. But in case you're curious, here's how the rest of the mock draft rolled out. We'll just kind of sprint through this here. But Keon Coleman, a good wide receiver, he goes in the division to the Saints. Kool-Aid McKinstry, the other Alabama cornerback, he goes uh, about a few spots later to the Indianapolis Colts. And then we've got Xavier Worthy, the Texas wide receiver. He's off to Tampa Bay. Colleen King, the wide receiver, excuse me, the cornerback out of Penn State. He goes to Arizona. And we move along a little bit here. Chop Robinson, a good edge rusher who the Athletic had going to the Falcons in their first mock draft. He goes number 24 to the Houston Texans. And then we've got a couple other selections here. I like this pick for the Kansas City Chiefs. They absolutely need more, which is better wide receivers, that's for sure. And then to round out ESPN's projections, they've got the 49ers taking down the Ravens in the Super Bowl. And then they pick an Oregon State tackle to end the first round of the draft. But let's talk about Terrion Arnold, the guy who ESPN had Atlanta selecting 11th overall. He's six foot, 196 pounds a redshirt sophomore, two-year starter for the Crimson Tide in three seasons, and he led the SEC in interceptions this season with five after having just one interception in his first year as a true starter. So he's definitely a ball hawk. He knows his way around the football, that's for sure. And that's something that Atlanta's kind of lacking from their secondary. Like, A.J. Terrell has not had an interception this year. He didn't have an interception last year. So to get one of those Trayvon Diggs corners and I know that's a very high compliment, but one of those ball-hawking cornerbacks that, sure, get burned once in a blue moon, but do come up with the big plays, 
that's a fun guy to have on your roster. So here's what Terrion Arnold has done so far for Alabama this season. He's got 61 tackles, 6.5 tackles for loss, 16 pass breakups, and 5 interceptions. So he's been lighting it up this season. He's got a great teammate opposite of him in Kool-Aid McKinstry, who I would also be very interested in drafting if I were Atlanta. Now, we'll get to know Arnold more in just a moment, but really quickly, I want to shout out our awesome sponsor today, which is Game Time. Falcons Today is sponsored by Game Time because you guys shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. So if you're trying to catch an upcoming Falcons game or you want to see another sporting event in your area, Game Time is the place to visit first. What I love about Game Time specifically is the ability to get last-minute tickets for the lowest price. There's nothing better than that spur-of-the-moment boys trip to a game, and with Game Time, you can do that without breaking the bank. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code FALCONSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account and redeem that code FALCONSCHAT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That link is in the comments and description of today's video. Now, here's what Matt Miller wrote about this selection for Atlanta. The Falcons miss out on the top quarterbacks here and instead look to bolster their defense with my CD1. Arnold, a six foot two redshirt sophomore, has five interceptions in 2023 while showing a physicality rarely seen from young cornerbacks in the run game. He's long and aggressive, and he has the ball skills to be a star opposite A.J. Terrell. It's interesting that Miller says he's six foot two because Alabama's website has him at six foot, but we always know that colleges fudge the numbers, and we won't know an accurate reading until the combine rolls around. But I do, I do believe Miller is onto something that opposite A.J. Terrell, Atlanta does not have a long-term thing, right? Jeff Okuda this year has had some good moments and then some really bad moments, if we're being honest. And I don't think he has shown Fontenot enough to believe he is someone worth re-signing as he is on the last year of his rookie contract. They did draft Clark Phillips last year out of Utah to begin day three, but I think he might be more of a slot corner. And when we look at the numbers, like A.J. Terrell is having a really, really good season. I think they're going to try and get him to a long-term extension. But Okuda's is not having a really good season. Like, he's had some good moments, don't get me wrong. It hasn't been all that bad the whole time. But the last couple of weeks, it's been really rough for, for number one. So let me know, what is the biggest need for the Falcons? Is it quarterback? Is it cornerback? Or is it something else? I mean, I think quarterback, in my eyes, is the number one target in this draft. But if the top three guys, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and in my eyes, Jaden... Uh, Daniels are not available when you are on the clock, I would not reach on a J.J. McCarthy or a Bo Nix. I would rather go with the best player available. If that ends up being corner or if that ends up being edge rusher, so be it. I'm okay with that. And then we can try and figure out quarterback another time. But you can't solve all your problems with one first-round pick. Now, to switch gears here, let's talk about Kyle Pitts. So his fifth-year option decision is going to come up soon this offseason. And the Falcons have a big decision to make. Now, the projected fifth-year option for Kyle Pitts, a tight end, selected fourth overall with one Pro Bowl, is $10.5 million. Now, if he is classified as a wide receiver, 
selected fourth overall with one Pro Bowl. It goes up to $19.3 million. This is where it gets a bit murky, a bit complicated. Because if you think Kyle Pitts is a tight end, well, it's only going to cost you $10.5 million to pick up the fifth-year option. But if he is a wide receiver, it jumps up $9 million. I could easily see Atlanta picking up Kyle Pitts, the tight end, fifth-year option. And I would, too, for $10 million. That's not going to make or break anything. And it's another season to see what you got in the unicorn. But if it costs you $19 million, I mean, if you just do the line resume test and you look at the stats through the first three years, that does not look like a guy you want to commit $19 million to. So this is where it gets a bit hairy because what is Kyle Pitts? Is he a tight end or is he a wide receiver? Well, if you go off the snap counts and you didn't know he was selected as a tight end coming out of Florida, you'd be inclined to believe he's a wide receiver. I mean, he has taken more snaps at the slot position and at flat-out wide receiver than tight end this season. In his NFL career, he's taken more snaps <clears throat> at the slot position over tight end and wide receiver. So now we're sort of in this, like, no-man's land. Is he a tight end? Is he a wide receiver? Or is he, in reality, a little bit of both? And if you are a little bit of both, which one do you fall under? Because there is a $9 million difference when you're in no man's land here. Now, if you guys remember, back in 2014, the Saints franchise tag, Jimmy Graham. I'm going to say that all over again. The Saints franchise tag, tight end, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham said, excuse you, I'm not a tight end. I'm a wide receiver. So it went to arbitration, where Jimmy Graham ultimately lost in arbitration. And I don't think he necessarily got screwed over but the letter of the law doesn't have an answer for guys who line up in the slot. I know we might naturally think, oh, if you line up in the slot, you're a wide receiver. Does anyone think running backs are wide receivers when they go line up in the slot? No. The CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, does not really have an answer for this issue, which is guys, who's line, up, guys who line up in the slot more than any other position. But what position does that make them? It doesn't say if it's a wide receiver or a tight end. And so if there is a precedent, which there sort of is with Jimmy Graham, it's unfortunately, in Kyle Pitts' case, going to default to you're a tight end, which is slightly good news for Atlanta's books because that's a $9 million difference. Now, Kyle Pitts does have a teammate named Calais Campbell who is high up in the NFLPA who has worked on issues like this before. And Campbell has said, more guys would argue this, except they don't think they're going to win. They're going to pay a lot in lawyer fees. And it's ultimately just not worth the headache to try and see if they can squeeze a couple few million dollars out. Bud Dupree went through this same issue back in Pittsburgh when he said, I'm not a linebacker. I'm an edge rusher. I'm a defensive end. And what's the difference between being a linebacker and a defensive end? A couple million dollars when you get franchise tax. So... This is where it can get a bit complicated for the Falcons moving forward. I'm not sure if they want to pick up a $19 million fifth-year option for Kyle Pitts if he ends up getting classified as a wide receiver. If it's $10 million for the tight end, yeah, I'd be all over that. But what do you guys think? Should the Falcons pick up Kyle Pitts' fifth-year option? Type P for pickup, type D for decline. Give me your honest opinion down below in the comment section. And while you're commenting, if you have not subscribed yet, please go ahead and do so. The more subscribers we get, 
more studio space I get, which means more content for you all. So please consider subscribing.